Hey everybody, welcome back to the Clean Slate Farm Podcast. We're going to be talking with Sherry Fisher today, but before we get on with that conversation, I'd like to ask you a favor. There's an app for listening to podcasts. It's called Radio Public. You can download it at iTunes or Google Play. If you listen to our podcast via that app and subscribe on that app, we get $20 per thousand listens. Now, what they do is place a little ad up front. You listen to the ad, our podcast starts, we get a couple of bucks. At current rate, we made maybe 20 cents, if that. But it's a way to support podcasts that you really like and your favorite smaller podcasters. If you could do that, we'd really appreciate that. And uh, it's just a nice way to do that. I guess it's just a cool thing to do. And if you don't like it, just bag the app. Listen to it your normal way. Either way, we'd love you to listen and subscribe to our podcast. Hey, thanks. Let's get on to our conversation with Sherry. Okay, we're recording now, so we'll just chat for a second, then we'll get into this. And I just, you know, it's this isn't something where it's like a, a David Letterman, <laughs> no, no pun intended. Okay. Just, okay. We'll just we'll just start chatting, and you know, you feel free to ask me what I'm doing, and so. Well, actually, uh, I'm curious. Uh, have you started any seeds yet, or not? I have not. As a matter of fact, I have to get uh, my little greenhouse going here. It's not the Sherry Fisher beautiful greenhouse that someday might find its way to central New York. But <laughs> uh it's I call it drug the drugstore uh-huh. uh, greenhouse because I bought it at the uh, local drugstore here and it's just a little four or five shelf three foot by two foot plastic enclosed with zippers on it. And it works great. It starts our seeds for us and now is that in the house? Is that in the uh garage? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a we have a south facing window. Okay, and uh, it's a it's perfect south facing window. So I just set it up in the window and let Mother Nature take it from there. Mm-hmm. Just keep it watered. It works well, but I haven't started anything. And the first thing that's going to get started is my pepper seeds and the onion seeds uh, that you sent. I've got to get those those going. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Now, how do you plant? How do you start your onion seeds? Do you uh, do you do them individually, or do you do this in a cluster? I do them in a cluster because mm-hmm. uh, sometimes the uh, the seed that I have sometimes doesn't always sprout, or you have everything. But you know what? Onions are so easy to pull apart once they sprout. Uh, in fact, they're hard to kill if they've actually made it to that stage. So mm-hmm. um, I just put you know like about uh, you know one by two. Uh, you know, four cell thing, uh, probably about uh, eight to 10 seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I saw somebody the other day and I'm hearing echo now. Yeah. But just a tiny bit. Hear- just a yeah. tiny bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw something the other day where somebody, and it made sense to me, they just draw a little furrow in their plant and their seed thing, uh, seed tray, and just sprinkle the seeds in there and it makes it a little bit easier to pull them apart. But I've always been amazed at onions because I had this cluster of onions one year. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to kill them. And they came right apart. And a couple of days later, they were growing like crazy. So, I've even seen people uh, say how to um, start leeks. They'll say like in a uh, Dixie cup or something like that and mm-hmm. just put a bunch of seeds in there and have a bunch of soil. Um, but, you know, in a larger Dix- Dixie cup, so you have a bunch of soil so the roots uh, go uh, grow down. Yeah. I start in, uh, we have, you, I don't, you probably have Chobani yogurt down there in your area. I've never heard of it. No, oh, it's a, it's a 
fairly large. I mean, I think they're the number one Greek yogurt manufacturer in the country, and they're located just a little ways away from us here in central New York, the main plant. Uh, but we have Chobani yogurt, and we do that in the courts. Joanne and I drink eat a lot of yogurt. So I just save all the containers, and that's what I use for a lot of my seed starts. Oh, that's perfect. And it's the big 32-ounce container, so mm. it works well. Oh, yeah, that would be perfect for like onions, leeks, uh, mm-hmm. things like that, yeah. But I do. Uh, do you do you use soil blocks? No, I don't. Uh, I've never used them. But what I do uh, use, I you know, you're you're heading into Elliot Coleman land, and uh, I basically follow his recipe. But I, uh, you know, like I use instead of a straight peat moss, which I believe he's changed it. I'll also use uh, half a cocoa cur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's. Uh, it, Say, for example, four quarts or liters uh, peat moss, four quarts uh, or liters uh, cocoa cur, and uh, two uh, teaspoons um, phosphate and two teaspoons green sand. And then I'll put in okay. um, uh, one quart of uh, worm compost. But on the phosphate, one little trick that I found was that if you have a mortar or pis- pestle running around, something that you can grind, those little uh, balls of phosphate, that really helps uh, as far as releasing the uh, phosphate to the plants, but I, I don't um, I don't add a lot. You know, it's only right. two teaspoons. Yeah. I I or tablespoons. Excuse me, tablespoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you hearing? I'm just going to break up in here for a second. Are you hearing like uh, bad audio recording? So at this point in our little discussion here, we were experiencing some audio difficulties and it's because sometimes I really don't know what I'm doing with these things. But anyway, we're going to continue on with the conversation. Sit tight. Okay, I'm going to change something here. Oh, and I'm not going to change something. It doesn't let me change midstream, so. Okay, never mind. We'll keep going. So anyway, we were talking about soil blocks. So let's pick up on that. You don't use soil blocks. No, I never have. Um, I don't have the apparatus for it, um, and I've I've been uh, very lucky with the um, mixture that I use. So uh, what I do is I, I usually buy in bulk from the greenhouse mega store. Yeah, I I have uh, our neighbor down here has a uh, uh, greenhouse operation. I'm just drawing a blank on what it was. It's a greenhouse operation, and they sell plants and everything. And uh, I buy. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, the starting mix, but it's organic and it's uh, f- uh, where they sterilize, sterilized, uh, sterilized starting mix from them. And then I add compost to that and a little bit of green sand, a little bit of something else. I don't remember what it is. And then I go into soil blocks and I started with soil blocks. I went with the little quarter inch or half yes. inch block and then the two inch block. And I found that the small block maker thing there is just, it's, it's crazy to do that. I mean, they're so tiny, you can hardly hold them together. So I just make the two inch blocks, uh, and plant right into them. And by the time, and then by the time they're ready to go, I can put them right in the ground or transplant them to a little bit bigger pot, but I've never had a problem with that, but I like them. They're, they're just, they're more convenient. Well, I, I'm sure that they are. So. I, I've just never gone that one extra step. Now, do you use uh, basically the, oh no, you said you use the uh, mix that the, um, you get from that supplier. Right. Yep. The sterilized stuff and then 
and amendments to that, some peat and stuff. But uh, and I've got a video on the YouTube channel about that. I can't remember. I'll, I'll post a link mm-hmm. to it down below. Uh, my mix and how I do the seat, the soil blocks. They're they're pretty good. I like it. So now you, what have you started? Let's get into that because we're talking about starting stuff. Uh, what have you started? I, I see on your Instagram feed, you've got a ton of things going. You've got like lettuce ready to eat. Oh no, right? it's not, it just, uh, it's not that, that far along, but it's probably more like microgreens, uh, a little okay. bit larger than that. But yeah, I've got several different varieties of, uh, leaf lettuce and, uh, one, um, bib or, uh, butter lettuce that, uh, germinated and mm-hmm. that's my parat. But the uh, Roxy didn't germinate for me this year. And uh, the seed's about three years old, and so I think that might have something to do with it. But I've got more than enough to uh, go there. I'm, I'm more, and that's really more so for the, uh, the husband. I'm the, um, I'm the kale and the Asian green eater. So what okay. I do is um, have a variety of uh, kale greens. And I, I used to always, my standby used to be the uh, old uh, red Russian, but uh, I'm I branched out to uh, the uh, rainbow lacinatos and uh, curly kales, several different varieties of them. Mm-hmm. But I've also got peppers, sweet peppers started, and they're they're up. They've got their second set of leaves, and uh, also right. your Hungarian uh, uh, sweet pepper or uh, hot peppers are up. They're germinating. Okay. They're in fact the germination, I believe, is a hundred percent on the seeds that I planted. Good, they're a great pepper. Yeah, we like we like Hungarian um, or the wax peppers, and also um, I've got a a few varieties of jalapenos uh, to the point of some are not quite as hot as the other, and uh, I think my new my new one, my hottest one that I actually purchased seeds for was uh, Jedi. Most of the time, tomatoes and peppers, I save the seed. Yeah, I do the same thing. Uh, I've got the dwarf tomato plants that I planted last year, and I can't remember. I think it's uh, dwarf beauty kings and two other varieties, and they're great tomato plant. They're it's on a really thick stalk. It grows short, uh, it's, so it's a determinant. And I've never seen so many tomatoes on one small plant in my life. And they're a good size, nice slicer, and I use those to make soup. So I save the seeds from the dwarf beauty kings. And unfortunately, the chickens oh. got into their bed and they ate the other tomatoes. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to save those. But I've got a few of those seeds left. And then the peppers, uh, I've got the Hungarian hots, which I, I do. I ferment those and I also do pickling on those uh, standard pickling for sandwich pickles mm-hmm. or sandwich peppers. Uh, but a lot of my seed I do save. I, I start from scratch. So and actually, to me, that's the uh, the essence of gardening, to watch those seeds germinate. Uh, to this day, it's still, um, I, it amazes me. Mm-hmm. Isn't it something else? Someone once asked me, what church do you go to? And I said, yes. I go in the garden. <laughs> because to me, that's, that is the true miracle of life. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing. Yeah. So how many different, like your peppers, how many different plants do you use? Uh, plants do you plant of each or seeds you start of each variety? I actually do kind of an overabundance and then I uh, either uh, try to. Uh, the, the typical Yeah, gardener. and then I can't throw anything away. So at this at this point, um, yep. I'm, I've uh, sold them, given them away. Um, 
And that's what's usually happens. And I think that the extras, you know, I'll, I'll sell them for a little tiny, tiny profit. And do you do edibles and ornamental ornamentals? Orna, what's it? Ornamentals. I only do edibles. Oh. But you have a butterfly garden, right? Because I've seen some photographs that you've taken of butterflies and pollinators. Oh, that yeah. Are just that's uh, my Irish poet tassel flower. If you ever want a flower to attract butterflies and you want to be able to take a picture because they won't get, uh, they're, they're, they just stay on the nectar, it's amazing. They, I, um, oh. They, uh, the Irish poet tassel flower and zinnias are probably the definite butterfly flowers around here. Um, uh, but I've also got celosia, oh my, calendulas, uh, sunflowers, mm-hmm. and morning glories. And Grandpa Ott's morning yep. glories, which was supposed to be purple, but for some reason mine are purple and pink and different, different shades of pink. But uh, I like them better because they... Um, start blooming earlier than the regular morning morning glory that I've mm-hmm. done in the past. Neat. Now, do you do herbs as well? Oh, yes. Uh, I've got, uh, always have a few types of basil, but my favorite is uh, Genovese and because that's something that I'll also throw in the uh, food processor with olive oil and freeze into cubes and use throughout the, right. throughout the winter. But um, Genovese, purple, uh, Thai, and uh, marjoram is also another favorite of mine. I've never used marjoram. I don't know why. It's part of the uh, oregano family or thyme family? Yes, yes. Yes, it is. And uh, it's um, it's like a mild oregano, and I actually, in some respects, kind of like it better. Hmm. I'll have to try that this year, because oregano sometimes is overpowering mm-hmm. when you use it in cooking. And this is always mm-hmm. a mild one, but it doesn't, um, you have to plant each year or else just let it go to seed. I left my... I dedicated one of the raised beds uh, to herbs this year, half of a raised bed to herbs. And I had two different times, two different types of thyme. Uh, I put tarragon, oregano, and right in the middle, a, a nice big fat sage bush. Uh, and I just left it over the winter as a test to see what happens. I didn't cover it or anything. I, I I let winter have its way with it. And the tarragon kind of surprised me because that's a very, I've, it, although it's a woody stem, I've always looked at that as kind of a very um, fragile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that lasted through a couple of snowstorms and held itself up pretty well. I'm surprised. I don't know how the plant's done. Hmm. Now, uh, my sage normally uh, will make, I have it by the side of the house or off the side of the patio. And it normally um, makes it through the winter. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it rejuvenates, let's put it that way. Yeah, sage is pretty hardy stuff. And uh, I, know I, I have, um, I, I've always had time. Rosemary, lost another rosemary this year. Mm-hmm. And this has just been too many that I've lost over the years. So from here on, that's just going to be an herb that I uh, buy each year. Although I did start rosemary seeds. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be, you know, big enough... Uh, it, you really need to start that about six months before uh, you're ready to yeah. plant. So I'll I'll be buying that somewhere at the grocery store, or not, maybe not at the grocery store, but at, at a nursery place. Yep, yeah, that's what we do with the rosemary. I buy it down the road here at our neighbor's house, and it's because rosemary I've never had good luck with. Now, do you start your seeds in the greenhouse or in the house? Where do you start? In the early winter, like 
January, February, early, middle winter, I'll start them in the house. And I have a uh, setup of a, um, I guess it's three tiers of lights, T5 lights, 64K, mm-hmm. with, yep. with about uh, four of them across in each um, setup. Okay. And uh, then I have my backup, which was originally my my old ones. There's another th- uh, three, two feet, two foot long, each one of those, yeah. which I've actually moved into because I'm starting to uh, transplant some of the ones that I've already started. And, and then I kind of roll over yeah. into the greenhouse. Now, before when I didn't go away, I was able to keep some greens alive in the in the greenhouse, but I didn't do the greenhouse this winter. Yeah, I saw last year you had really good success with quite a few of your plants. I know. And then this year you you were. I know. Now, I'm going to back up for just a second because I just want to say, Sherry mentioned uh, 64K lights. And what she's referring to there is 6,400 Kelvin. Kelvin is a unit of measure for light. Daylight is what? 5,600, right? I believe so. I think. Yeah, so 64K gives it a little bit of extra shot of, of uh, light, and it's the proper spectrum for seed starting so and for photography and things like that. But now I'm going to back up a little bit because we're talking about lights. How do you keep your seedlings from going leggy? My tomatoes always go leggy, and I just let them go, and I end up with plants that are like 9 or 10 inches tall and just like toothpicks, bigger than toothpicks, like chopstick size. Uh, and then I just plant them deep, like right up to the first set of leaves when I plant. Now, leggy is because the light is too far away from them. Oh, uh, absolutely. That's that's okay. what I've I have found. Uh, in fact, that was the biggest thing uh, that changed for me when I started using this latest setup. There's something about this latest setup that I with the um, the four sets of lights in it, and it also has a reflectant in between the lights and okay. it's the it's it's amazing of uh, the difference but i'll put my tomatoes outside i mean not outside but i'll put them in the uh, they'll harden up in the greenhouse mm-hmm. and then i'll i'll plant them but i agree with you as far as planting it up to uh, even past that uh, first set of leaves uh, to give mm-hmm. them lots of roots give them a, you know um, a big foot there so they have something to stand on yeah. I've noticed that when I pull them up in the, I, I used to pull them up and I'll finish that in a minute. But I, what I noticed when I pulled them up, the roots below what I planted. So like if I planted like eight inches of that plant, it might've been like five inches on the top, the surface where most of the root structure was and not much below that. But now I don't pull them up. I'll snip around and I'll leave the roots in the ground. Oh. They're not going to grow again, but I do that because I figured it's compost. And plus when it, you know, it's something for the bacteria to compost right in place mm-hmm. and it leaves water trails. I don't know. It may sound goofy. But oh no, no. Mm-mm. I do some pretty goofy things in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> it works, whatever. So what do you, you, uh, save some seeds. And we talked about uh, planting saved seeds. And I do that because I like to have something that's acclimated to my area. Do you, where do you purchase from when you do buy seeds? When I buy seeds, probably uh, high mowing seeds, 
Johnny's uh, selected seeds, pine tree seeds, mm-hmm. um, wild garden seed, and and high mowing seeds. As far as I'm concerned, put out the best greens, any type of greens. They are they are very good. In okay. fact, uh, the uh, fellow from uh, Wild Garden Seed. I think supplies some of uh, high mowing seeds and he supplies a lot of people and I can't think of his name. His first name is Frank and I can't think of the last name. Frank lettuce. (laughs) (laughs) Or greens. Yes. Or greens. Frank greens. There we go. Yeah. Now we were just at the Philadelphia flower show and and we met with uh, Petra from fruition seeds, which is in Geneva, New York, which is West of here. And I started using, uh, fruition seeds for my seed stock uh, about three years ago. And I just love it. It's great stuff. It's all acclimated to our area because it's in the same zone we are, zone 5A. Mm-hmm. And Petra is just the most wonderful person. And I encourage everybody listening to try to, to or to visit their website. They they have a great set of collection of seeds there. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, so, look into that. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, we were at the flower show. I Excuse me. At the flower show, I ended up buying about forty dollars worth of seed. It's pretty easy <laughs> <know>. to do. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. It's far easier than you think mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, that's another reason why I do buy from a Pine Tree, High Mowing, and Johnny's, is because they're mm-hmm. all located uh, further north than me. And I, my point is, if they can, uh, if they can survive further north, um, they're going to survive here. That's good thinking. And a yeah. wild garden seed is out in either Washington or Oregon. I have I had heard of them before. Norton. Frank Frank so Norton not, is his name. That's Norton. right. <clears throat> it's not Frank Green, it's Frank Norton. <laughs> <laughs> Norton from uh mm-hmm. never mind. Uh so you have got quite a bit of your seeds started, your plants started, and you're gonna be moving them into the greenhouse and when presuming the weather ever breaks around here because uh, you, we were talking earlier and you said you have about six inches of snow. Mm-hmm. From oh, yes. Yes. Uh, as soon as, unfortunately, we're going to have overnight temperatures in the teens and I will not put anything in the greenhouse uh, right now with temperatures uh, in the teens. Had I started those seeds out there, uh, I would be fine, but I haven't because. Yeah. Cause they're not acclimated mm-hmm. yet. And so I'll, I'll wait till um, we, we at least get uh, closer to 30 and then I'm going to put them out there because they should be fine then. Now, after you get your greens going, because I have low tunnels that I've used for a couple of years, this year I didn't put them in. I didn't even start them. So I'm going to be going right into the ground and I might throw plastic over them. But when will you transplant into the garden? And I've seen photos of your garden uh, on your your website, your blog. And you do an amazing job of trellising and covering. And it's like, boy, when I grow up, I want to be oh, like Sherry. Oh, my. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, to tell you the truth, I will put the greens in. If they if they make it through a week in the uh, greenhouse, especially the kales, I will I will put, mm-hmm. and you've, I've got overnight temperatures in the 30s. I'll put them in the ground. Oh, really? yes. As long as it as long as it's thirty two, thirty two and above, uh, mm-hmm. kales are going to be okay. I might uh, I might cover okay. it up a little, not plastic, but um, well, agrabond, yeah. And that's just enough. Just keep the frost off them mm-hmm. if it does frost. I've had years, uh, even yeah. in the garden, where this was be before the greenhouse when I did do a lot of uh, hoop tunnels, and even with tomato plants, 
uh, I know one year we had a freezing um, Memorial Day, and I'm up there with the, or I knew it, I knew it was coming. So Paul and I are up there, we're covering it uh, with hoops in the ground with Agrabon, two layers of Agrabon and a layer of plastic, and those tomatoes did fine. Oh, really? That's amazing. Yeah, we. I don't plant anything here. Number one, I'm, I'm. We're at Zone Five A, and I can't trust anything before Memorial Day. If I use hoop houses or low tunnels, I can get away with it. Uh, but we've had just, I mean, we've had snow on Memorial Day before around here, and it's just I can't mm-hmm. trust it. So, uh, the hoop houses work well for me when I use them, and I'm modifying how I do the hoop houses, uh, my build on the hoop houses. I'm not happy with the way I've got it now. Hoop houses are great. And Agrabon, I should invest in more Agrabon, especially this year, because what I did, we had some nice weather about a month or so ago. It was like two days of like 60 degrees. And I thought, yay, it's spring. It wasn't. <laughs> uh, but what I did was I, I got the beds all ready to go. And then I thought, you know what? There's a movement called winter sown, I think it's called, or and and people put things in plastic milk jugs and they just set them outside. Oh, and that's right. They let the weather mm-hmm. have their way. I thought, you know, I had one year I was working in the garden and I looked down and there was this plant growing. I said, what is earth is that? And I thought it was a, uh, at first it looked like a dandelion. So I went to pull it out and it was a lettuce. It was an errant lettuce mm-hmm. in a volunteer. And that was really early in the season. I thought, let it grow and see what happens. And we had, we got lettuce from it. So this year what I did was I took spinach, two spinach, and like three or four lettuce varieties. And I put them in the ground, covered them up, and I'm just leaving them alone. There's nothing over the top of them at all. And I'm thinking when the soil's ready, when it's warm enough and the soil's ready to go and they want to grow, they'll grow. And we'll see what happens. It's kind of Oh, I think it'll work. I've, I've had lettuce come up from uh, seed from the prior year. Uh, and uh, there's absolutely uh, no problem whatsoever with it. And it's wonderful because you'll have lettuce before everybody else. Yeah. And then I think if I have to, I'll throw hoops over the top of it if we start mm-hmm. getting cold. But if it, I think if it makes it through this, this well, this current blast we're getting, uh, but if it makes it through a little bit of cold, it's going to be hardy enough to last. I'm a firm believer in Mother Nature mm-hmm. knows best and Plants have been around a lot longer than we have with a lot less help than we give them. So, On the whole, though, I think I uh, plant usually around the middle of May. You could, Yeah, you're about two weeks ahead of me here uh, in general central New York and probably another week or so ahead of me because we're at 1,450 feet elevation here. So, I mean, even in our area, I'm at least a week behind. And I've even seen it where I plant or our, our neighbors will plant and they're a hundred or so feet, 150 feet below us in elevation. And I still can't, I still don't attempt. Oh, that's interesting. We're, we're about uh, 1100 yeah. to 1200 around here. Yeah. Cause you've got that great hillside oh, garden yes. there. <laughs> now is that Southern exposure? The garden at the top of the hill is Southern exposure. Yes. And then the rest of it but is. The, the beds that I have on the hillside actually are facing, uh, they're facing South, but I mean, you've also got the greenhouse on the other side of that. And the one, one side of the greenhouse faces south, the other side is north. And so I put, I put all my low light plant, I put my greens on the, uh, the back side and I'll put, uh, say for example, uh, earlier in the spring, um, 
when I have tomatoes out there, obviously tomatoes go there. Uh, broccoli, that's something I haven't started is broccoli this year. Now, do you have a, uh, I've always had a problem with, with uh, brassicas, the uh, broccolis and stuff like that. Uh, with, with uh, what's the little flea beetles? They just run rampant in there. Yes, yes. Um, I I'm a f- I use neem oil. I use I use uh, neem oil probably uh, every um, couple weeks. How do you I apply spray it? it uh, about a, it's usually about a teaspoon uh, per gallon with the with a um, okay. a mild soap. Only about a quarter mm. teaspoon of that. Just yes, to help absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried neem oil one year, and I I don't think I did it right. I don't know if I had the concentration enough, but it didn't. You have to, to do, do it repeatedly. It's not something that uh, works overnight. Um, it usually takes about three days. And sometimes if, if the application, if it's not working, you can reapply it every uh, third day because on asparagus is something that I use use it on because I get the asparagus uh, larva on there every oh. year. And yep. that neem oil does take care of that, but you've got to keep every three days until you see them go down in population. Well, there you have it because I didn't do it every three days. I did it once and thought, Hey, and it didn't work <laughs> so much for scientific gardening. Yes. Oh my. <laughs> now you, you didn't use the uh, extra, you use the actual hundred percent virgin oil. Uh, neem. Okay. Right. It came in a bottle. It was, uh, I don't know, it was a six ounce, nine ounce mm-hmm. bottle or something like that. And then I've also tried, uh, I, you had some Agrabon at one point and I threw that over everything, but the flea beetles were already on it. And that's I'm, all I'm doing at that point is keeping them in. So that didn't really work, but Agrabon will work for that. You have to, I noticed also like with, um, squash, if I plant my squash like a mm-hmm. little bit later, I don't, I don't have the problem with the vine borers. And I think it's just, I missed their cycle. I always have, uh, I'm, I've just given up on squash, not to the point that I've given up and I don't plant them, but I just realize, okay, you're going to plant, you're going to have another planting of these. And so I just keep on planting. <laughs> Brunt f- That's right. force attack, right? Every, uh, every few, uh, probably about every three weeks I will plant. And that's later on in the season, probably uh, once a week, probably in the beginning there. But what I'll do is I'll have them started in the greenhouse at this point. I mean, you obviously any type of squash you can plant directly in the ground with good results. It just, you know, right. pushes them. Uh, you get, get fruit earlier if you started in the greenhouse a little bit. And that's, you know, that's on the less sa- southern side of the greenhouse, all the, all the sun lovers. And I've actually um, hand-pollinated um, just to prove it to myself that I could do it, some zucchini. It does work. I've never done that. I work in a weird industry. I'm in the in the food industry, restaurant business, uh, and I have to pick what I do very carefully because uh, I oh, don't have I'm... an awful lot of time. My <laughs> life is not my own. <laughs> I belong to the restaurant. Oh, that yes, that's uh, that's a lot of hours too. And uh, also, if you try to hand pollinate, you've got to be able to get up in the morning right when that sun has just opened those flowers, and you have to do it before they close back up. That's a, that's a, that's a morning thing to do. I wasn't aware there was a time period you had to do that. So it pays (laughs) to think like a bee. That's why you always see all the bees out in the morning or a lot of them anyway, especially around your uh, squash and uh, zucchini and your melon plants. Oh yes. Uh, I've, I didn't plant them for years and uh, another Northern grower had a lot of success with, uh, that was further north than I, actually, in North Dakota. And I thought, okay, if he can grow them, he sent me some seeds. And I have been very fortunate from that time on. 
I've uh, successfully grown um, Minnesota midgets, which are like a um, a small softball size cantaloupe. And I remember seeing you, you posted a picture of that at one point somewhere. And I've also um, I've grown a number of uh, other ones. I guess watermelons, though I'm I only get if my my uh, yield has not been great. Cantaloupes, I'm good, very good on, but uh, watermelons mm. are another. Um, Thing that uh, I'm I'm going to have to uh, work with, and once again, that's that's a neem oil application to keep a lot of those bugs from um, staying away. And also, they're also at a, the the I'm trying to think what is the uh, the bug that uh, it's black. It has red. Um, that is the uh, squash vine borer. That's right. Or the potato. The no. potato. Uh, well, they're related. The potato borer. Uh, no, this beetle. is the squash vine borer that only is out, okay. I guess, around in June, mm-hmm. and that they're they're very devastating. Yeah, I've even gone to, on with the squash vine borer before I started moving, shifting my plant date a little bit. Uh, just hacking off the leaves. Yes, did, so. yes. As long as it doesn't get into the root, um, and I've also got my little mm-hmm. fire pit up there. You know, I sometimes it's obviously just easier to hack off the leaves with the seeds and um, just burn mm-hmm. them. Oh, I have one question for you also that I forgot to ask you earlier. With your lettuces, what kind of rotation do you go through? And it's going to obviously depend on how much you plant your first time through. But do you do you start like every six days, seven days, ten days, fourteen? Probably days? about every two day, two two weeks. Because that's one thing I've got to get a handle on. I, we were good at it at one point, and then I fell out of that 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 rotational thing, and I never got back into it. And I can't remember mm-hmm. what I used to do because <laughs> I'm like that. My memory's not oh, as great as for us all actually. Well, I started a journal this year because. I need to know when I plant because I've, like I said, my memory is not what it used to be. I figured a journal will help me go back and it's always fun midwinter to relive spring. Oh, I've been doing, I'm, I'm a journal person, but I was originally a lab person. So I'm a note taker and that's just something I've always done. Yeah. That's a good thing to do. So anyway, thanks for being with us today, Sherry. I appreciate it. Is there anything you need to add? You got any pointers for people? Well, as far as peppers, if you're going to plant them, do not add nitrogen. Keep that nitrogen. I have always, I have had problems over the years of getting, when I used to buy seed mixes, uh, why isn't this germinating everything else? Well, because peppers are very, very sensitive to that, I found out. Now, is that all nitrogen or just peppers? Now, the uh, tomatoes seem to be okay, but so that's one reason why I don't use any nitrogen at all in the uh, seed mix. Mm-hmm. And maybe it might be why Elliot Coleman doesn't. I wasn't aware of that. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. I think because my blend is just, it's just a, a pretty much a standard mix with some compost and green sands thrown in there. I don't think I have that problem. So, but that's a good one. Anything else? Like we talked about leggy seedlings, making sure you keep the light close. Yes. Within, the um, at least within four inches, definitely. And uh, mm-hmm. well, carrots, well, that's another time we can talk on that. <laughs> carrots. Yeah. Now do you, what kind of carrots do you plant? Usually nantes carrots mm-hmm. because they grow well uh, in the uh, raised beds. And actually that's the only place I will plant them is in uh, a deep raised bed. Yeah. They grow at right angles if mm-hmm. you don't have good soil. Yeah. We planted last year um, red dragon, I think it is, that we got from fruition seeds. And boy, it's got a, a deep red outer core, but when you cut it open, it's bright orange, beautiful carrot. Oh. And they're just, they're sweet. 
sweet, real heavy duty carrot taste. And they're great. I make carrot soup and they're great for the carrot soup. It gives it a little different color, but boy, that tastes Oh, it sweet. sounds like it. Good. good I also, Red mm, Dragon. I'll have to remember that. I also uh, like um, roasted carrots too. We do a lot of that. Yeah, a little trick for roasted carrots and roasted root vegetables like potatoes, carrots, uh, parsnip, uh, uh, things like that, even uh, like cauliflower or broccoli, is toss them in a little olive oil and salt and pepper. Just get them good and coated. Throw them in the oven like 350, 375 until they start to brown up a little bit. Uh, Pull them out, hit them with a little bit of balsamic vinegar and throw them back in. It's just amazing. We do that at the restaurant and it's, uh, man, is that good. I agree. These uh, roasted veggies are, are are excellent. Yep. It brings out all the flavor in those things. I could live off of roasted vegetables. Yes, me too. Delicious stuff. Anyway, Sherry, thanks very much for being with us and for the pointers there. That nitrogen pointer is a good one. I'm sure a lot of people didn't know about that. I, I wasn't aware of that either. Oh, so. you're welcome. But uh, And just uh, Sherry and I spoke earlier, so people listening in, uh, Sherry is going to be with your still approval. You're going to be a regular guest on uh, the Clean Slate Farm podcast because you know so much about gardening and you're fun to talk to. Oh, well, thank you. And you still approve yes, of yes. that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Before I go volunteering sure. you. <laughs> but that's great. So anyway, that's all from Clean Slate Farm. My voice is cracking up. <clears throat> haven't had enough coffee yet this morning. Uh, that's all from Clean Slate Farm. Sherry, thanks for being with us and we'll catch up with her later. Happy, Happy gardening. Happy gardening to you, Dave, too. Thank you very much. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. That wraps up our conversation with Sherry Fisher. Uh, Please subscribe because we've got some interesting podcasts coming up. We're going to be talking with a fellow, Jesse Harriet from Copper City Coffee in Ithaca, New York. Jesse is a coffee roaster down there, and we're going to be talking about all things coffee, how he roasts different blends, different roast temperatures and darknesses and lightnesses and just a whole bunch of stuff about coffee. He's a pretty cool guy. Then we're going to move on. We're going to talk with Stephanie Thurow. She's an author, a couple of published books. Stephanie is from Minnesota from scratch. We're going to be talking about canning and preserving foods. So all that stuff we talked about with Sherry is going to come into play on that. Then we're going to talk with Tina McPherson. Tina is from Salsacuse. She has a small company up in central New York called Salsacuse. We're going to talk about starting and running a small food business. She's going to have some great pointers on that. That's going to be a fun conversation. Tina's a really cool person. So subscribe so you don't miss any of these podcasts. And thanks for listening again. Bye-bye.